name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among them. Blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners now, the hour of our death. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. Thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, and instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit. Grant that by the same Spirit may be truly wise and that rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady Guadalupe, St. Joseph, all God's angels and saints, in the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. The topic will be Advent, Come Lord Jesus, Come. So I'll pick up your sheets and we're going to be reading it through. You too, okay. There is a common understanding of life that usually a resounding success depends in large part upon the preparation that precedes the success of the project or enterprise. If any of you ever played sports, which I did many more than you when I was your age, we say no pain, no gain. <laughs> no pain, no gain. You got to work at it. Right? The first time I practiced cross country, I suffered from rigor mortis that night. <laughs> I could barely get out of bed the following morning. Oh, then I was able to run two miles, three miles, five miles, and not breaking any world records, but I was just you know, hit those five miles pretty well. No. But it took a while. It took a while. No? Okay, so I'll give you some examples. The success of the party in large part depends upon the prior preparation and all its details. A good doctor, a good lawyer, good architect, a good mother or father, priest, and other professionals usually have a serious, intense, and hard preparation prior to arriving at the profession or vocation. My brother, after he finished high school, had another nine years to go. You know why? He's an orthopedic, orthopedic surgeon now. You know what that is? So he's a spine surgeon. That took a long time. Me, after high school, it was another 11 years to go. Long time, huh? <laughs> but it, it, it pays off. Pays off those long years of study, no? To be a professional surgeon, to be a professional soul surgeon that I am, it, it, it's worth the effort. <laughs> worth the effort so you don't work at it you're never going to um, you're never going to become a good professional or a good father mother priest or doctor or writer or athlete so professionals usually have a serious intense and hard preparation prior to arriving at the profession or vocation in other words, we do not depend on chance or good luck. 
they say in Spanish, la buena suerte. No? <laughs> we don't believe in that. So rather we depend upon hard work and on our part, and of course, the grace of God and his abundant blessings. This can be applied perfectly to our relationship to God. If we want to arrive at a deep relationship with God, then we must give time, work, effort, and even suffering to truly love God. Jesus wants to be our best friend for now and for all eternity. This being said, a true friendship is a two-way street. It must be mutual. Both must desire to establish and cultivate this friendship. Birthdays. Birthdays. Cumpleaños, right? All of us consider birthdays of, of great importance. So, if nobody remembers your birthday. Forgets to buy you a gift. Send a card or sing a birthday song. We experience intense sadness. Try to imagine... Nick, did your mom and your dad forget it's your birthday? Remember the, the following week, I think you'd be pretty sad, no? I think you would be. Mom and dad, you forget it was my birthday last week. Well, I'll remember next year, huh? <laughs> I think that that'd be a source of suffering, wouldn't it, no? You know, it's very easy to forget one person's birthday. You know whose? Mine. You know why? Can I tell you? Can I? It comes every four years. <laughs> so it's pretty easy to forget my birthday. It comes every four years. I mean, you can forget it, right? <laughs> I'm probably the only one you ever met that was born on February 29th. <laughs> you ever meet anyone who was born on February 29th? I'm the first one, right? So, I'm 16 and a half years old. How about that, no? I was celebrating my quinceanera for four years. How about that, no? <laughs> a girl was here, quinceanera? Hey, I had it for four years. Ah. <laughs> so, if you pass over my birthday, it's understandable, no? But not that fourth year, huh? <laughs> So, birthdays are of great importance. If nobody remembers our birthday, forgets to buy a gift, send a card, or sing a birthday song, we experience great intense sadness. Well, if they don't sing the birthday song, they're lousy, lousy singers. You, want, you, may not, you may not be nostalgic at that, huh? For that reason, we buy birthday, turn the page, birthday gifts. Buy the best cake. Try to sing to the best of our ability the happy birthday melody. At least we try to, right? So Jesus' birthday, it's the most important of all birthdays. Of all the birthdays celebrated in the world, by far the most important and celebrated is the birthday of Jesus. And we call that Christmas. Or La Navidad, right? Christmas. 
So Advent, we're in Advent now, is a time of preparation before Jesus' birthday, Christmas. So we call this Advent. So let us do all we possibly can to understand Advent, to live out Advent fully, so that when Christmas arrives, Jesus will rejoice because not only is it his birthday, but Jesus wants to be born in the very depths of our minds, our hearts, our souls, and transform us. Let us respond to these questions. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen? All right. So we've got a series of short questions that we'll respond to. Advent. What does the word actually mean? It means coming. So write down coming. Okay, below number one, I'd like you to write something else. So there are three comings. There are three comings of Jesus. So write down below number one, letter A. Jesus was born 2,000 years ago. So he was born 2,000 years ago in the stable of Bethlehem. Okay, letter B, below number one, is he will come at the end of time. We know neither the day nor the hour. That is determined by God the Father. So let us see, write down, Jesus comes now through grace. Now through grace. So when we pray, we're receiving grace. He's coming. When I lift up the host in the Mass, he's present in the Eucharist. When I give absolution in confession, there's grace. So right now, Christ is coming to us in an invisible way, but he comes to us through grace. So try to remember that. The three comings of Christ. In time, historically, at the end of time, and right now, through the mystery of God's grace. Got that? Good to remember that, huh? All right, number two. How long is the Advent season? Did you know that this Advent season is the longest Advent season possible in the church here? Did you know that? Well, you learned something new today, huh? So if Christmas falls on Sunday, it's going to be the longest Advent season. Guess when Christmas falls this year, Jack? On Sunday. Therefore, it's going to be four times seven. Okay, not good at math. Are you? It's going to be it's going to be hey, twenty-eight days. But if it falls on Monday, it's going to be it'll be about six days less. So this is the longest Advent season, which means it's going to be the shortest time of Christmas. <laughs> 
So we have a Christmas season, we have an Advent season. So this is going to be a long Advent. If you have good memory, sometimes Advent is, starts on December 2nd or maybe even December 3rd. We're still in November. So there are, all, there are always four Sundays in Advent. Always four Sundays. But the days vary according to when we actually start Advent. Got that? Lent is always going to be 40 days, but Lent sometimes starts early. And it ends early with Easter. But it's always going to be the 40 days with Holy Week and the Easter Triduum. Okay, so your Advent season is going to, it, it will last, put down four Sundays. Four Sundays. You've noticed, <coughs> if you come to Sunday Mass, and some of you even come to weekday Mass, that for about six months, especially on Sunday, except for this Sunday and the Sunday before, the priest, you're an altar server, comes out in what color? But what about two Sundays ago for almost six months? We've got a couple of... Oh yeah, so altar server, altar server, altar server. Green. Okay. So we've been coming out in green from, from the end of... Easter season, which is Pentecost, all the way up until two weeks ago. I wonder if any of you could name the, the, the different colors that we wear as a priest when we're celebrating Mass. You should know. You should know, too. Unless you're colorblind. No way. Are you colorblind? I didn't think so. Tom and you know. I, I think Rose and Jeremy know. You come to daily Mass. Are you... You should be oblivious of the color difference that the priest wears, right? Well, I'll tell you. White, green, purple, and red. Well, can anybody tell me why we've got different... I mean, if I were you, I'd be inquisitive. Why does the priest come out in different colors? No, I think it's a good question. Is it just by chance that we change these colors? No. Nick, okay. I know that red is for martyrs. Okay. Green is preparing for Christmas. No, no. No. Okay, okay. So red is right. We come out in red. It's when we celebrate the feast day of a martyr. Any of you know what a martyr is? Don't say a bad marriage, Jeremy, okay? <laughs> Does that be a martyrdom? No, no, no. no. <laughs> now, now, what, is a, what is a martyr? Great. Can you name one? Great, yeah. Anyone name another martyr? There are, there are a lot of martyrs. Maria Goretti, another one? St. Stephen. Stephen. Hey, it's pretty good. Hey, we're getting some reaction today, huh? Anyone else? Joseph? I thought you were going to say, when the Brewers and the Yankees lost to the Astros. No, no. <laughs> no. Okay. That was, a, that was a, a baseball martyrdom, right? No, it's when someone, someone sheds his blood. There, there are a lot. 
Any Mexicans here? No Mexicans, huh? Mexicanos? Hey, there's a lot of Mexican. Maybe some of you saw the movie of the of the Cristeda. Did you like that movie? Okay, who was the principal protagonist in it? He was about your age when he died. We got him outside the statue. You know? He's outside the statue. You have to check it out. Only Azul. Azul? Okay, Jose Sanchez. You know how he died? They cut his feet and then they actually shot him in the head. And when the blood was coming out, he made the sign of the cross with his blood. Cool, huh? Yeah, it really happened. He was 16. You guys are 14, 13, 14. There's about your age. He, he was praying for the grace to become a saint and a martyr when he, was, when he was young. And he got the grace. How did Maria Goretti die? You know, Asul? Yeah, because a guy was tried to rape her. She was only 11. But she looked like she was a very beautiful girl. She looked like she was about 16. This guy was, this guy was looking at pornography. He started looking at her and he wanted to have relations. He took an ice pick, stabbed her 11 times here, then three times in the back. And she died rather than give in to the desires of this guy that was like an animal. Like an animal. Now she's a great saint. He's a great saint. Can any of you name any of the uh, any of the uh, apostles? You have to see chosen, huh? Okay. You got to see chosen, and we're going to try to organize a retreat for these kids with chosen. Good idea, Jeremy. We're organizing. Maybe have them see that, and they can have their potato chips. Come back, share in groups, pray the rosary, and say the mass. What do you think, Rosa? Me and uh, the deacon, we're going to try to organize maybe five days uh, after Christmas, no? Or beginning New Year, no? They're going to complain at first, but once they see it, I think they, they're going to love, fall in love with the Christ. What do you think? There's no teen, most teenagers, you don't, you don't like to read, but you like to see things, images, right? Instagram, YouTube, movies, TV, right? I can't imagine any of them, you know, and during their... Thanksgiving break, reading Aristotle in Greek. I can't imagine that, no? <laughs> or Cicero in Latin. I, I, I doubt it, no? <laughs> or Shakespeare in Elizabethan English, huh? Be thy thou. <laughs> I doubt it, no? Maybe, maybe we've got some intellectuals here. Maybe, no? <laughs> okay, so um, red is for martyrdom. Do you know what martyr, martyr means in Greek? You're going to say, that's Greek to me. Okay, yes. Yeah, it, it means witness. Not Jehovah witness, but witness by giving testimony to Christ by shedding my blood. No? Okay, well, we've only got... Okay, green is ordinary time. Red is martyrdom. White is when we celebrate Christmas and Easter or Mary, Mary's feast days. Oh, what purple... You're going to see the priest come out in purple, purple during the season of, of Lent. You know what purple means? I didn't think so, so I'll tell you. Purple means penance and conversion. Any of you ever go to confession? Not yet? You have gone to confession? What color does the priest wear? Well, we say New York purple. No, okay, purple. Okay, 
New York accent, huh? Purple. Yeah, purple, which is a, it's a color, it's a color of penance and conversion. So, I actually put in this, uh, this worksheet, if you notice next to one line, there's a comma. Know what a comma is? Okay, it means that there's another line that follows, okay? <laughs> a little bit of grammar for you, huh? So, purple, now one day, one day during Advent, and one day during Lent, we have another color. By the name, by the way, what, what's your name? Ah, okay, go, okay. So we've got another color, and it's called Rosa, Spanish. Or English, we call that Rose. Or pink. So write down the color rose or pink. You got it with your name, huh? Because <laughs> you altar servers, you remember sometimes we come out in pink? It's only, it's only two times during the year. The third Sunday of Advent and the... Thomas? Nick? Our altar survey, I'll tell the deacon Jonas to go through this in the next meeting. The fourth Sunday of Lent. Okay, so the fourth Sunday of Lent and the third Sunday of Advent, the priest can come out in pink. What does that mean? Don't all speak at the same time now, okay? <laughs> a pink is a, it's a color of joy. It's joy. Because Jesus is about to be born. <clears throat> did, you ever, um, did you ever ask your mom what was one of the happiest days in her life? I'll tell you. When you were here, about nine months... And you started the, Mom, I'm ready to get out. Huh? <laughs> started kicking, started kicking, hey, Mom, I've been here too long. I'm in this kind of, this place with a lot of darkness, a lot of kind of mushy water, no amniotic fluid, okay? Uh, I want to get out. So, when you were born, it probably hurt a lot. Huh? You ask your mom, was she chewing gum and you know, singing the Beatles songs? Probably not. You're probably suffering a lot. But once you're born, there's probably, probably a lot of joy. Right, Rosa? Well, that, that's a time of joy because Mary's about to bring forth Jesus. Isn't that a source of joy? Uh, it surely is. So the rose is the color indicating joy because Jesus is about to be born. Amen? All right, so we got those two colors. Okay, now and then we're going to get another color in Advent. And we're going to get a different color tomorrow. You know what color we're going to have tomorrow? Red. Yeah, it's going to be red, okay? It's because we celebrate St. Andrew. You ever hear of St. Andrew? He was the brother of St. Peter... How did he die? Do you know how Jesus died, uh, Noe? How was St. Peter died? Died Upside down. How about Andrew? He was crucified in the form of an X with ropes. So he hung on the cross for about three or four days. 
because they were crucified sometimes with nails, but other times they were crucified with ropes. Who would go faster dying, the person with nails or ropes? No. Ropes? No. Nails because the blood's coming out. What about the rope? If you're, if you're crucified with rope, you're going to die of suffocation. Yeah? Because suffocation, what the crucified person would have, he'd have to pull himself up to inhale and exhale. Inhale and exhale. Inhale and exhale. You're hanging across there for a day. What's going to happen with your muscles? You're going to, you're going to, but he was so, Andrew actually means manly, strong. He hung on there for three or four days, preaching and converting people to the end of his life. Man, I love St. Andrew, no? <laughs> Powerful guy, huh? So, he died by being crucified in the form of an X with ropes. Tough guy, huh? Now he's a great saint in heaven. All right, so there we have the colors. <clears throat> Who are we preparing to receive? I know what you're thinking. <laughs> you're thinking about Santa Claus, right? No. You're not, you're not, don't write down Santa Claus. Huh? That, fat, that fat guy in red, in red pajamas with the, white, with the white beard, huh? No, we're not preparing to receive Santa Claus. We are preparing to receive, write, it, write down, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I don't know if your son Nicholas knows the history of his saint, St. Nicholas, no? Very much related to the Christmas and Santa Claus, right? I have to tell you the story of your saint one day, okay? I'll give you a long, long... I, I know a little bit. <laughs> I don't know that much. All of, all of you should know something about your saint. St. Nicholas, many years ago, he was a person who helped out the poor. And the most famous story was there was this man, he had three daughters, they wanted to get married, but they have to have money to get married, called a dowry. So if they didn't have that, they'd have to give in to prostitution. That was a problem. So Nicholas, he was already a bishop. Okay? He heard of this, and he threw a sack of money on the balcony so that the first girl could have enough money to get married. And the second girl came around, and still the father didn't have enough money for the, for the dowry. Another sack of money was thrown on the balcony. And the guy ran out to try to find, who's this guy that's throwing the money for me? He wanted to thank him. And the third girl, he threw the sack of money. This time he ran out the father and he saw St. Nicholas running. So from that time on, we celebrate St. Nicholas as Santa Claus. And the whole idea of Santa Claus in giving to others. That's, a, that's really the origin of Santa Claus. And no one knows. And now you know, the, really there's a spiritual origin to it. But we just think about the guy, the fat guy and the, the fat guy with the big beard. Ho, 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 The guy coming down the chimney, no? Make sure you don't have the chimney on fire when he's coming down. Otherwise, you may shoot him into the moon, right? <laughs> but that's really the spiritual origin of, of Santa Claus, St. Nicholas. Interesting, right? Okay? So you learn, you learn something about his name, Saint, today. And we'll be celebrating his feast day in, in December, right? In December. 
the 6th of December. Okay? All right. Um, what is important? Why is Mary important in Advent? I think it's common sense because, because Mary's the mother of Jesus, right? So sometimes we don't have a grip, a grip on the obvious, right? Mary's the mother of Jesus. That's important, right? I mean, Jesus could have fallen from the sky in, onto earth, but God wanted Jesus to come through Mary. Mary's his mother. Okay, how about the Marian feast days we celebrate... So today we start the beginning of the Novena of March, uh, December 8th. So what do we celebrate on December 8th? Go ahead. Uh, you can pull down that mask and tell us. Is it? No? Jack? You're feigning ignorance. Come on, Jack. Okay. Nick? Yeah, okay. So write down... The Immaculate Conception. The Immaculate Conception. Okay, put next to that. Put next to that. Is the patron, the patroness of the United States. Do you know that? Immaculate Conception is the patroness of the United States. Patroness of Mexico is the Lady Guadalupe. But the patron of the United States is the Immaculate Conception. Let's, uh, let's check this, uh, their knowledge of uh, ecclesial architecture. Let's see if they're experts in that. Let's see. Test your spiritual acumen, okay? What is the most famous church in the world? Cultural poverty on your part. You don't know that? Come on. St. Peter Snell, Father Broom. No, no, there's one more famous than this. It's a good church. It's not the most famous in the world. I'll give you a hint. I was ordained there 36 years ago. Oh, Jack. Yes. Good. Yeah. Okay. You go. Okay. Good. Europe. Europe. What? What? What country? Italy. What? What city? Rome. Okay. Rome. Okay. What city? The Vatican City. Okay. It's the Vatican City. Oh, you know the name of that church. Come on, you're faking ignorance. So that uh, close. Who is his good friend? They died almost at the same time. Saint Chuck? No. Yeah, Saint Peter. You're going to say that? Okay. So Saint Peter, you guys have to know this. Saint Peter is the most famous church in the ro- in the in the world. That's where the Pope is. It's the city of the Vatican. Most famous church in the world. You should know that. Now they know it, right? It's like saying, if I asked you, did you ever hear of Babe Ruth? Never heard of him. Come on. 
Joseph, have you? No, you haven't. Oh, come on. Best athlete in the world, no? <laughs> but you should know that St. Peter, the Basilica of St. Peter, is the most famous church in the world. That's where the Pope is. Okay, how many Mexicans here? What is the most famous church in Mexico? If you don't know that, I'm going to bark at your parents, no? None do you know. Come on. Those. Oh, come on. I think you've probably gone there. Your mom and dad would probably have gone there ten times. I've gone there about four times. Give you a hint. It's in the city of Mexico. Oh, boy. I'm going to say, okay, do you know the alphabet? Let's tell. What's the first letter now, okay? <laughs> a, B. It's only, only Nick is the only one that can answer. You don't, you don't know the most famous church or basilica in Mexico? I think we should have five classes every week, okay? Jack. Yes, okay. Oh, well, okay. Thomas, you know, right? Yeah. Good. Okay. But what, what is it called, though? I, mean, I guess it's common sense. What's the name of it? Okay, Nick. Okay. Okay. So, Lady Guadalupe. You should know that. <laughs> and most of your Mexican origin. You should know that, right? So, the most famous, the mo most famous church in the world is Saint Peter. The most famous church in Mexico. The most famous. Okay, if you don't get this right, I'm going to bark at you. Ready? What's the most famous church in Hawaiian Gardens? Come on! <laughs> They're going to say the casino, right, Rosa? <laughs> Jeremy, I think they're going to say casino. Oh, no. <laughs> the casino or the bingo place, no? Or, 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 or McDonald's, no? <laughs> or Pollo Loco, no, that's Lakewood, no? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a hint. The most famous church in White Garden is, is right behind us, no? <laughs> it's not St. Alphonsus. <laughs> I wonder if they know the name of our parish. Probably not. <laughs> Jeremy, I don't think they know the name of our parish, no? <laughs> and some of the people come up to me, Hi, Father Larry. Oh, boy. <laughs> Well, at least I live with him. He's a little bit older than me. He goes in the wheelchair. I don't go yet. No. <laughs> None of them know the name of this parish. Are you guys living in the moon or something? What's that? It's called St. Peter Chanel. Okay. Okay. So, I'll ask this question. No one will know. Maybe not even Jeremy and Rosa. What's the most famous basilica in this country? Well, okay. My catechism. The name is the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. That by far is the most beautiful basilica in this country. Of the Immaculate Conception. And right next to it is, maybe he's going to go there, Catholic U. 
my two of my nephews are going to Catholic Union, one of the best Catholic colleges in the country, Catholic U, right next to the Basilica. So we, we have learned a little bit about churches, right? <laughs> so the Immaculate Conception is um, the Immaculate Conception is uh, the second the, wait, Marian Feast is the Immaculate Conception. To write down below number six, Mary was conceived without original sin. That's what it means. Mary was conceived without original sin. In the words of the English poet, his name was William Wordsworth. You're a poet. Our tainted nature's solitary boast. Do you like that? Mary's our tainted nature's solitary boast. William Wordsworth. Okay, December 12th. Now, do you know what we do you know what we celebrate December 12th? No, no. <laughs> Okay, Jack? Okay, Saint, well, not so much Tomas got it, uh, Nick? Okay, Tomas and Nick. So the 12th is we celebrate Our Lady Guadalupe. Surprised that of 25 students, only two know that. we got to start from the beginning, right, Rosa? Well, good, we're learning, right? It's good. It's good because we're learning a lot today. December 12th is Our Lady Guadalupe. And right around that, we're going to have a beautiful procession through Hawaiian Gardens. There's going to be, I think, the day before. We're going to have a procession. We're going to have the floats. We're going to have a lot of song. We're going to have a lot of good food to eat, okay? So um, it's going to be a beautiful feast day. So none of you know the great miracle of Juan Diego or Lady Guadalupe, no? Do you know? What happened? Oh, you don't know. Okay, well, it's a long story, but Juan Diego saw our Lady Guadalupe four times. The last time, uh, the bishop wanted to see a sign, so we went, it was December 12, 1531, and he was heading toward the city of Mexico and it was early in the morning and a lady appeared and said look there in the mountain on the hill there were flowers growing these beautiful roses growing and he gathered those roses and he put them on his tilma and he rushed to the uh, bishop where the bishop was and he opened up his tilma and the rose fell down but what happened when it says tilma was the image of a lady Guadalupe and the bishop fell down and said, wow. <clears throat> and the bishop put that in his chapel. And then a lot of people started to believe. But the big miracle was when the Indians were celebrating this image of Our Lady Guadalupe. And a guy shot an arrow. 
And the arrow went right through his, to his neck, the Indian's neck. And he lay dead there. So they brought the Indian to the tomb of Our Lady Guadalupe. The dead Indian, they touched the tomb the of Our Lady and he, he was brought back to life. And from that moment on, there was a wave of conversion. There were 8 million converts in 30 years. Biggest mass conversion in the history of the church. Can you think of that? Think about that. 8 million converts in 30 years. That's a lot, isn't it? And you who are of Mexican origin, you're Catholic because of Our Lady Guadalupe. If it weren't for Our Lady Guadalupe, you wouldn't be here. For me, it's Our Lady of the Rosary because I'm, I'm European. So Our Lady, Our Lady, Our Lady of the, uh, the Battle of Lepanto. But we're all here because of the Blessed Mother. So hopefully we're going to get to know Our Lady Guadalupe better and better. So let's move on to the next. Okay, is there an important saint? Okay, let's, let's name a saint that's important in this Advent season. Okay, let's write down Saint Juan Diego. Saint Juan Diego. He was a saint that saw Our Lady Guadalupe. His name is Saint Juan Diego. And put down next to him, his feast day is December 9th. His feast day is December 9th because that was the first apparition of the Lady Guadalupe. So we celebrate his feast day December 9th. <clears throat> it's also the day that Fulton Sheen died, December 9th, in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Good way to die, huh? Okay, how about another saint? Another saint. Do you know, do you know the greatest saint in the Catholic Church? Start from Jesus and Mary. The greatest saint in the Catholic Church. I'll give you a hint. He's the foster father of Jesus. He's the greatest saint in the Catholic Church. No way? Nope. Did you say it? Who? Okay, so St. Joseph. Okay, so write down St. Joseph is the greatest saint in the Catholic Church. Your first year in confirmation, but this time next year, you should have a patron saint. Joseph, huh? So, within the next year, you're going to have to choose a patron saint. It can be the saint that you have, but I think it's a good idea to choose another saint. If you have a, a double blessing, huh? But if you want to choose Joseph, you can't go wrong with that, no? I have, an, uh, I have an older brother. When we were named, my parents would give us two names of saints. And um, 
my oldest brother, know what his name is? Michael Joseph. You like that? I think that's about the best name. It could be Joseph Michael too. Maybe we put Joseph first and Michael second. Huh? But I, I kind of like that. St. Michael the Archangel, not that, huh? And St. Joseph. The brother that follows me is Thomas Peter. And then have a brother who's 14 years younger than me, James Patrick. I have a little bit of Irish blood. And my baby sister, I could almost be her father. She was born in the 70s. I was, I was born in the 50s. Her name is Maria Teresa, Mary Therese. I like that name. I like that name. And then my parents, they had boy, 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 finally girl, Victoria. That's the name of my sister. <laughs> finally a girl, no, Victoria, no. Our Lady of Victories, huh? So I, I love names. You get, you, you get me on the roll of the names. Are just This is the patron saint. This is his feast day. This is who we invoke him for. Rose of Lima, right? Jeremy the prophet, right? Okay, so those are two saints. One would be Saint Juan Diego. The other one would be Saint Joseph. Okay, what is the danger in Advent and Christmas? Okay, not only we're we going to be learning about church architect today and the liturgical colors and some of the saints. But I'm going to teach you a basic word from philosophy. Ready? There's a very, it's a group that doesn't know too much yet, but by, after two years they're going to know a lot. Right, Jeremy? We're going to be working with them. Ready? Ready, Jack? Write down materialism. You ever hear the word materialism? Oh, wow. That's a philosophical system. You ever hear the word materialism? You know what that means? I could tell you. Black Friday, huh? Ah. Cyber Monday, huh? <laughs> right? Black Friday, Cyber Monday are manifestations of materialism. Would you like to give us a philosophical definition of materialism? Caring um, more about materialism. What's that? Caring more about materialism. Not bad, Jack. Were you going to say that? What were you going to say? Pretty good. Anyone else? Good. Good responses. Yeah. Hey, these are philosophers, huh? Thomas. Great. Now, when I was a kid, the more you have, the more you want. Right? The more you have, the more you want. Rosilla? Yeah, the more you have, the more you want. Because you're never satisfied. You have this, then you want something more. And you're never happy. With your parents, I was mentioning last night about four different movies that I've seen over the past ten Ten days because that Edward Sinda have had really good movies the past couple of weeks. No, but I think all of you should see in these next three weeks the most probably the most famous movie that has ever has ever come out. 
And uh, hopefully, you'll be, because there's a real Christian message to it, a spiritual message to it. It was first, first written by the most famous novelist in the 19th century. His name was Charles Dickens. Have you ever heard of Charles Dickens? Okay. David Copperfield. But he wrote a classic that has turned into a movie and they've made it probably ten different times. Do you know what it's called? Not Moby Dick. But good. No, he's he, Copperfield, Moby Dick. But another one, which is even more famous, they turned it into a movie and it would be... Thomas? Great, okay. Have you ever heard of The Christmas Carol? Any of you? Any of you? Came out about ten years ago in cartoon. Do you remember? We, yeah, it was pretty good, no? But it's come out over the past fifty years, black and white, and then it's it's evolved. Okay, you ever hear this word? Bah humbug. No. Who said bah humbug? What? Ebenezer Scrooge. So, if you can see the movie on YouTube, or maybe they'll even show it, Edward Cinema, it's worth seeing. Have you seen it, the movie? Okay. Did you like it? Pretty good. And it's the story of this guy. He's filthy rich, right? He's only thinking about money, and he's got a worker named Bob Cratchit, who's got Tiny, tiny, tiny Tim as his, his little kid. And Cratchit is making him work until almost midnight, New Year's, uh, Christmas Eve. Then he has a vision of his own death with Marley the ghost. And he goes to the cemetery and he points to him, this is where you're going to die. And he wakes up, ah, i gotta, I got to change. And he opens up the windows and there's snowing a little boy. Since snowing a little bit and then there's a guy, this little kid, who's, um, who's, he's got his sled and he asks the is the fat turkey still in the marketplace? And he buys the fat turkey. Then he takes the, the turkey to his, um, to his worker, Bob Cratch, and says, Merry Christmas. And he takes Tim, Tiny Tim on his shoulder and he's dancing. huh? But the message is beautiful. At first, he was focusing only on money. Money, 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 money. Buy, have, save it up, don't give. Then after the vision of death, he recognized that it's much more important Giving than having. That's the message. More important, giving to others than possessing things. Because you can be possessed by your possessions, right? Right? You can be possessed by your possessions. You can become a slave of things. If you've ever given away something, you're going to recognize how much joy there is in it. I'll tell you a story. About ten years ago in the church... It was um, about 9 o'clock at night. We used to have an 8 o'clock Mass in the evening. Mass. It was a cold, rainy night. At the end of the Mass, there was this guy in the church. He didn't have any shoes on. And it was kind of raining out a little bit. And he was a poor man, maybe about 20 years old. I said, where are your shoes at? I don't have any shoes. <clears throat> know what I did? You don't have any shoes? I took off my shoes and I gave my shoes. And I walked back to our house without any shoes. That was the happiest night. One of the happiest nights I've ever had. I didn't have any shoes. But this poor man, who was Jesus Christ, he went home with his shoes on. But that gave me a lot of joy. Does he recognize? Because I had an extra pair of shoes. He didn't have any shoes, so if I have an extra pair of shoes, 
then I should give it to him. And that was a happy night. I had to walk back with my, with my, with my socks. It got a little bit wet, a little bit cold, but it was worth it. So there is, there is more joy in giving than in receiving. Amen? And that's the message of the Christmas carol. First it was me, 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 me. I call it the egotistic trinity. Me, myself, and I. Ha. Me, myself, and I. It's me-ology rather than theology. Right, Jeremy? <laughs> so we want to put God first. Alright, so. The danger in Advent, Christmas, is materialism. Materialism. I want presents and things more than I want God. I want God. All right. Now, do any of you parents have in your home right right now an, an Advent wreath? Spanish is called Corona de Adviento. Okay, how, okay, let's see. How many of you have an Advent wreath? It's a green wreath. It's circular and you got candles in the middle. Okay. Oh, only two of you? Do you have one? I'm getting a fresh one. You're going to get one? Okay, good. Going to get one? Okay, one, two. Wow. So you have to tell your parents, okay, have to talk with your mom, okay? Tell your parents you've got to get an Advent wreath. Because that's a symbol for Advent. So uh, I'm going to give you the interpretation, then you have to tell your parents. Well, my catechism teacher, Father Broom, says, we got to go and we got to get an Advent wreath. If you don't know what it is, did, did any of you come to church on Sunday? You didn't come. Okay. okay, did you notice right there next to the priest there was that, that green circular thing with the four candles? Did you notice that? That's called the Advent wreath. In Spanish, Corona de Adviento. Okay? So, uh, we have to understand what's the meaning behind it. Because if you don't know what it means, you're going to just fall into superstition. So we have to explain the meaning of things. So color green. What does green mean? Did I ever, ever tell you the first poem I wrote, Jack? No? I wrote a poem when I was about eight years old. Just a couplet. This is before my conversion. You want to hear it? Green is the grass on the ground. Green is the money I have found. Amen? <laughs> That's called materialism. Now, this is before my conversion, okay? <laughs> before my conversion, Jeremy. I, I, did, I was converted, but when I was eight years old, I wanted to save up money to go to college, okay? <laughs> okay, so don't write, don't write my poem next to color green, okay? <laughs> The color green symbolizes the virtue of hope. Do you know that? It's the virtue of hope. So write that in there. That doesn't mean, I hope so. <laughs> okay, virtue of hope. Right, next, right down next to hope means trusting in God. Do you trust God? I think we all have trust issues. We trust God up to a certain point. Then we start to doubt. Right? Even the best of us. We trust God 
after a certain point, then something bad comes along. Where's God? No. Why did God abandon me? We all have those trust issues. So, the virtue of hope means trust. And that's why I love this image here. What does it say? Jesus, I trust in you. All of you should have this big image in your room, in your home. Jesus, I trust in you. And maybe read the diary of St. Faustina. Diary of St. Faustina. So, you see the virtue, you see color green, hope. Okay, next, circle. Did you ever notice in math, the circle has no beginning, has no end? That symbolizes God. So, circle symbolizes the eternity of God. Okay? This has been my interpre- interpretation in years. But no beginning, no end. God is eternal. We have a beginning, but no end. God has no beginning and no end. Got that? You ever see the timeline? You ever see the timeline? So for God, for us, it begins one. God goes all the way back and there's no beginning, no, no end in God. That's called God's eternity. Right, Jack? Okay, so God is eternal. Okay, how about the candles? Okay, write down um, a couple things. Candles... Write down, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Then he said, you are the light of the world too. Jesus is the light of the world in capital letters and we are the light of the world too. Jesus is the light of the world. You're the light of the world. Ever go to any of you ever go to a baptism? Okay. Do you remember the ceremony after the baby's baptized? You got the godparents usually. They got a candle. Ever notice it? Maybe you've hold it. Well, okay. When the candle is lighted, they're coming back. What does the person do with the candle? Does he walk, sneeze on the candle? He does this. Why? He cups the candle. Why? What? Yeah, because, you know, if you're just walking with it, with the wind, you're probably going to have to go back to the big candle and do it again. That's going to be embarrassing, right? (laughs) Here's a question. You are called to be a candle. Are you burning bright? Or have you been blown out? Think about that. Ah, there's a nice little meditation for them, huh? There's the Christmas meditation. Are you a candle that's burning bright, or have you been extinguished, blown out? When we commit a sin, the candle is being, being burnt out. When you're doing something good, the candle is burning brightly, right? Say a good prayer, the candles, it's growing, the light. Help your mother, it's growing. You fight with your brother or sister, you're blowing it out. <laughs> You disobey your parents, up oh, blowing it out. You're lazy, you're blowing it out. You're helping someone at home or it's 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 cool. The, the candle is burning brighter. So think about that image. The light the candle, symbolic of Jesus, the light of the world, and you're called to be the light of the world.
But we can, that candle can be blown out, no? Can be blown out, no? So the number of candles how many? Four. Why? I told you a half hour ago. Good. Okay, good. So the four number can the four the four Sundays are four weeks. You got it, okay. Okay. Eventually there's gonna be a fifth candle. And you know why there's gonna be a fifth candle? Nick? Okay, where's it going to where's it going to be placed? In the middle. Okay, what color will that be? White. White. Okay, good, you got it. So on Christmas Eve, there's going to be a big white candle placed in the middle, and that's symbolic of Jesus being born. So there's going to be a fifth candle. Still about four weeks away, though. <laughs> okay. The colors of the candle are. Purple and purple and pink. We already talked about that. Now and then in the Advent wreath, you see an apple. That's symbolic of the sin of Adam and Eve. And Jesus came to redeem us from the sin of Adam and Eve. I think we learned a lot today, didn't we? Yeah. A lot about church architecture and about church colors. and Good. So we're setting the stage for this holy season of, of Advent which leads to the birthday of Jesus Christ. Amen? So I want all of you to tell your parents to get the Advent wreath and you have to make yours tonight, right? Okay? Get Nick to light the first candle. Okay? Tell your brother not to sneeze on it, okay? <laughs> Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now at the hour of our death. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. We'll see you in Mass on Sunday. Okay? All right. Uh, just a couple things.